Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more, and this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, whatever that might be, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch the first few interviews, including Michelle Tafoya of NBC Sports Sunday Night Football, where we talk about infertility and adoption. In another episode, we kicked off the season discussing how a father's cancer helped create many celebrations known as the Confetti Project. These stories and future episodes will be like having a motivational chat with a good friend who helps you find joy during whatever journey you may be on. Thank you so much for hitting the download button. I hope together we can find the happiness we all deserve. Now, today's episode is about resilience especially during job transitions. And I speak with Katie Smith, three-time Olympian, women's basketball and Naismith Hall of Famer, and WNBA superstar. She shares her story from going from player to coach. I smiled throughout the interview knowing that so many of her comments were incredibly relatable. We often have to pivot our lives when something bad happens, when we lose a job, lose a loved one, or honestly just lose direction on what we want in life. But having some advice on how to handle those hard times can make putting one foot in front of the other a little bit easier. Katie Smith has a lot of wise words on how she did it and how hopefully we can all do it too. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy in your chair, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for our guest today. We have with us Katie Smith. She has so many awards. I kid you not. We need an entire podcast to list them all. But she is an icon in the sport of basketball in every avenue of her career, from high school to college to professional, playing in the ABL, the WNBA, overseas, and then being an Olympian three times. She is an all-star. She's been MVP for years. And then she's gone on to coaching as well. I will tell you that in addition to all of these awards and highlights, she is such an amazing person. And I am really lucky that I got to be a part of an inaugural experience with her at the Minnesota Lynx in 1999 when it was their their inaugural season. Katie was one of the leaders and captains of that group. It was, the team was amazing. The people are amazing. Um, There's still some people that are still there and Katie has come back to them now on their coaching staff. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to Katie Smith. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) I'm excited to be here and to catch up and to to talk it, talk it out. We had a lot of fun before this. Um, We sent, uh, I went and I dug deep. I found some old photos. And so as we can both say, you know, doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but we do kind of look like babies in those pictures. 
<laughs> it's crazy how quickly and what it feels like yesterday and you really think about the the, the years and you're like whoa that was uh that was a long time ago it was it was but I have so many fun memories yeah can you tell us a little bit about you personally you're obviously well known throughout the world what are some things that social media or the sport may not see about you that you can share with us um, wow. Okay. So I, I do love, love basketball and yeah, I love playing and, you know, I really enjoy being a part of it still and in many ways and trying to, you know, spark that fire, especially in, in young girls to, to stay motivated and stay strong and, you know, just keep, keep trying to push themselves to, to be the leaders that they can. Um, on top of that, I, I love my family. Um, you know, I love my, my girlfriend. I, and, and, and the family I've developed, I love animals. I'm a huge animal lover, especially dogs. Um, and I just, I enjoy good people. I enjoy, you know, time with the people that are special to me. And honestly, that's, that's kind of what I love. I love, I love that. I like the, the down to earth, um, just day to day, you know, interactions that I get with good people. And I think that's what drew me to you outside of when you came into the Minnesota Lynx in 1999, you were already a two-time champion with the ABL and everybody knew Katie Smith. And, you know, plus, like we said, uh, all the awards you won before that in college at Ohio State and in high school. Uh, But you're so authentic. You're just who you are and you see the best in it from what I witnessed most, if not all situations. And so I think I, you just bring good energy where you are and that's, uh, you did it then. I believe you do it now. And so, um, you know, again, I'm so glad that you're here today. Yeah, I'm excited. I do. And I try and I I try to be a positive and and wherever I'm at and trying to to see the big picture, because I I do believe we're all trying to do the best we can um, in our day to day. And we're not perfect, um, but we want to want to be a positive, hopefully, in in our lives and everybody else that we're around. Well, and 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 that's one of the reasons I wanted you to join our inaugural season with the Happiness Through Hardship podcast, because, you know, though you've been very blessed and worked hard to live the life and and make a lot of good choices to live the life that you want to live. Everybody goes through hardship and and you as well. So can you share with us a hardship that you've gone through? Just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked prior to this about, you know, kind of searching for them. Right. And I honestly, you know, really don't have much to complain about. And yeah, I have a couple of injuries while you're playing and that's somewhat of a job hazard. And yes, they have their own, you know, kind of tricks to it and things to navigate through that, um, and a mindset to kind of approach that. But, you know, for me, it was just more like another thing to attack another practice, you know, um, but probably more lately is, you know, I had a lot of success going through and not that it was easy, but probably post playing going into the coaching ranks of learning, you know, that side of it. And then when I was, when I moved over to be a head coach, um, and just, the the trials the the positives the the tests that you had and um, you know and some things you controlled and some things you didn't and it was really a, probably a tough two years and then ultimately um, some new ownership and things came along and, and didn't get my contract renewed um, and just kind of dealing with you know the emotions of that and 
then the processing of what's next and, and how you go about it and mentally and um, just how you work through it. So that probably has been the biggest thing of just, it wasn't easy, didn't have success. And then how do you navigate that? So that's, that's right now um, probably the biggest thing over my career is, is just kind of working through that of, of career transitions, pivoting. And I think that's something that I talked to a lot of people and that's something that everyone is going through and will go through. Well, right. I mean, obviously a lot of coaches go through this. They're not often at the same team that they once started out their career at. Uh, But that would be true in corporate America for other organizations. So can you provide us, you know, like you said, as a coach, you're dealing with you know, coaching a team to play and to win. But also, I believe at this time, like the team was, was you know, being sold. Like, how do you deal with the dynamics of almost on the court and in the office balance? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, um, so I was an assistant coach for four years and we were with, uh, Madison Square Garden with the, the New York Knicks. We were the Liberty and, uh, Bill Ambeer, who was my coach in Detroit left, to take the Las Vegas aces job. Um, he had an opportunity to go there and it was a great opportunity. So he left. So I got named head coach, uh, of the New York Liberty and a month later, the team went up for sale. So, and we also got bumped out of the garden to the Westchester County Center, which is a uh, 2,000 seat uh, county center. So I can't even say arena. I was going to say arena, but it's not an arena. <laughs> um, and it's just, a, it's, it, it just was, you know, without the amenities, it's, it's not a professional uh, arena. It's, it's not. And it's so to somewhat go business as usual and, and, um, just stay the course and with the unknown of possibly being bought, uh, maybe being sold. Um, but we were up for sale for about a year and a half. Um, so we went through the next season, um, 2018, uh, being up for sale still while MSG still ran us because it, it wasn't, it is important that New York has a, a good ownership group because it's right. a, it's, it's one of the franchises from the beginning. It's where the league offices are. It's a very important brand and um, the league and, and also MSG wanted to do the right thing and find somebody. Um, so we actually went through that first year uh, when I was a head coach, still being up for sale. So really being in limbo for almost a year and a half. Um, and I thought our players did a great job. I thought all of us did a nice job of just being flexible um, with unknowns of just not knowing, um, but still trying to maintain and do our jobs um, at the best level we could. Um, and, and anybody that deals with management. So you, I manage the team and my staff and, and that, but then there's always people above you who are also running things and right. have money and budgets and this and can't do this. You can't hire that. Can't do that. We can't put that out. You know, it's just, so you always have um, restraints and then how do you work within that um, and being able to make decisions that you need to make. Um, so it's just lots of things to navigate. I thought um, through, through it all, you know, you look back and there's many things that you're like, yeah, well, I thought we handled some things really well. And then there's some other things you're like, mm, I wish I would have trusted myself. I wish I would have stood my ground. I wish I you know, would have done this. Um, so there's little things I think through this 
being a first time head coach was um, I could step back and then and say that, you know what, I could have been a little bit better in this area. And then other other parts, you're like, you know what, I thought we did the best we could. Um, and that's and that's OK. But um, I think you just learn from every situation that you go through, um, good and bad, I think. And sometimes I think the, the tough situations, I think you learn a lot more from um, yeah. and maybe down the road. Yeah. And, I stay in coaching. I think uh, this is going to be a, a blessing to have started out with maybe not something that was easy and successful <laughs> because it'll always have me, you know, kind of prepped to think like, oh, you know, it could be, it could be worse. Well, it sounds, I mean, again, you've got a, my opinion, a great attitude about it. And to your point, I feel like we keep hearing over the last, you know, several years about how important it is to understand, you know, look into our mistakes or look into what doesn't work because then that helps us figure out what does. Um, Mm -hmm. It sounds really stressful though. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. I've been in some organizations that again, you feel like your arms and legs are are going in different directions. Mm -hmm. How did you stay calm? How did you say, or you know, try and deal with your stress. How did you find a little bit of happiness through all this? You know, it's, it's the, it's the age old thing of just control what you can control. Um, you know, it's part of it of being a player too, right? I mean, I can hit, I can moan and groan about the officials all I want, but it's not going to change a call. It's not going to make them, it's probably going to tick them off more and make more calls. And, yeah. and then now moving into this, you know, into more of the management side, it's really, you don't control it all. Right. And you also learn that you're not in charge of everything. Right. So you, you have to do the best you can do in the place where you're at and you try to control the things that you can. And also the one thing you control the most is yourself. Like you can try to have conversations and and do things in practice and uh, build relationships with your players. But at the end of the day, you can't make them do it. You have to find ways that they are motivated and want to do it. And I think that's the one thing I've learned over my years is just that control what you can control and um, try to go about your business also with a, with the respect that, you know, at night you can lay your head down and feel good about how you treated people and what you did. Doesn't mean you did it right. Doesn't mean you did it well, but at least you're, you're trying and trying to do it the the right way or the best way possible. Um, and then just try to keep learning. So I think that's what I, at the end of the day, you try to just stay present. Um, because if you start to worry about all these other things that may or may not happen and it, it just starts to really weed and, and get in you and, and you start worrying about stuff that really is just going to take time and, and stress you out. So that's somewhat of my, honestly, one of the things I, I go through is just try to deal with what you can, what you have to deal with. Do you have a mindfulness practice? You're sitting here talking about being present or is it something yeah. you've just done as a player? Well, I think it's what I've done as a player. I actually went to got my master's in dietetics and the mindfulness eating and talking about being mindful in in all aspects. Right. And I think we all, I mean, I please believe I have moments and, 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 and where I stress out and I worry about things that could potentially not happen. And and then you're beating yourself up and like, you're you're saying I'm terrible. You know I mean? Please believe I have all the doubts and some of the negative self-talk it creeps in, but you kind of have to talk yourself off the ledge. Like you then have to like somewhat just go in there and like settle down let's work through this you know i mean we all do that nobody's exempt from that it's just some and then the next thing is just putting one foot in front of the other 
like when stuff is not going well and maybe you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing next it's like all right i gotta get up i'm gonna go take a shower i'm gonna go i'm gonna return these emails i'm gonna check this off my list whatever it may be and i think that's you know you somewhere just like you know i gotta i gotta keep going um but i do think there's a mindfulness um as you said of being purposeful about what you're thinking what is the next task um you know what's important and somewhat i think that's it's i think we all have to kind of check ourselves and kind of get back and align ourselves again because i think we can all get a little bit um scattered um when things are starting to be a little stressful yeah do you like, do you have a support system that connects with you in terms of like helping you through mindful situations or, you know, those hard times? I, I think this, your support, and you probably speak to this as well as I think your support network is huge. And I think there's, there's two levels to it, right? There's the, and if it's a, personal thing, right? You have your support on your personal level. But I think when it's a work thing, when you're say, I, I didn't get my contract renewed, right? And yeah. and say the year was tough, like all the things we have to deal with. I think you have to, you have to have the folks on the outside, right? Who are telling you, you're not crazy. Don't quit your job. Like you're, you're, you can do it, right? Yeah. Like your, your hype men, your friends, your family who are like, you can do anything, right? But then it's also nice to have a support group that's within your work environment that understands like the players, the, the, the people involved, the dynamics that you actually have to deal with, right. Who understand the day to day, what you're going through. And it can't be everybody, but maybe there's one or two people who you can lean on to have those conversations because, you know, the folks on the outside don't quite get it if they're not in it every yes, day. Yes. So you do need your, you need the ones on the outside are telling you like, don't give up. You can do anything. You're, you're awesome. Right. And they believe and we, it and they know it to be true. Yes. Right. But then you also need the folks on the inside who understand the dynamics that are going on to help you navigate and also to speak truth and say, Hey, you are overreacting or no, you are right about this. Right. You can't have just, Yes, people who are just going to agree with everything. You need people to be like, yeah, you might have overstepped a little bit on that, or maybe you shouldn't have done that. So you need the folks on the inside, I feel, just as much on the outside. You need a, a balance of both to help you navigate um, what you're going through because it, it is, you, you do, to, to keep your head level, to have, like, I guess your checks and balances, I guess you could call it. Oh, that's, I mean, that's amazing advice because a lot of people think, you can have a mentor that serves every purpose or a best friend, you know, or a group of people that serve all, all of those you know, purposes. But the truth is, is what you're saying. And I believe it to be the case too. Not everybody understands every situation that we're going through. And so it's okay to have, mm -hmm. you know, two or three different groups of people that can help provide you with insight and advice mm -hmm. and support mm -hmm. whenever you I might need it. it. Yeah, I think it's it's true because it's you just need certain things and you need it all and you do the support again. None of us, nothing I did, I got on my own. Like I've I've been supported um, in every possible way by so many pieces, and you know you even learn on this level. You just need people to lean on that aren't just going to tell you what you think they think you need to hear, but the, the honest truth and kind of check you. And that's. 
that's hard. I think that's hard to come by, <laughs> but I think it's one of the most. And another thing I did learn in, in being a head coach is hiring people, hiring people to work with you or to work, you know, part of your staff, I think is one of the hardest things to do. I think it's, yeah. it's extremely hard to hire because you don't, if you don't haven't worked with them personally or they haven't worked under somebody who you know really well, then you're really kind of getting there. It's like dating, right? You get the honeymoon phase where uh -huh. everything looks good. But I think having the right people working with you, um, I think is crucial. And I just think it's one of the hardest things to do is to find those people and those the right mix. So, Will you share with us a little bit about when you realized you weren't going to stay in that position anymore, when your contract yeah. wasn't resigned? Yeah, so the season ended, and usually with coaches, um, you usually know right away, like, right, they, they usually are like, we're going to just part ways or we're going to get rid of you. So mine was parting ways because my contract was up. Um, but we had until the end of the month, but our season had ended um, in September. Um, but there was really no communication. So there was a little bit of just like, I think it was 20, 30, 25 days or so, I can't remember the amount, of just a little bit of unknown, like, eh, we don't know what's going on. So that was a little, it's just frustrating, right? Because you kind of want to just know, like, are we doing this or are yeah. we not doing this? So we were a little bit in limbo for a little while. And then finally, um, was in New York and, and met and they said, we're not going to renew your contract. And I was like, eh, you know, it's the, it's the feelings you're like, you're bummed. I mean, you're hurt uh, because it is you it's, it's, it's personal, but it's not personal. It's, it's, uh, but it is you who's doing the work. So it is a, you feel like, man, like it definitely kind of hurts, um, that they didn't want you want to continue, but it could be for a zillion million reasons. Right. right. So you, you try to kind of keep it all in check and, and, but you're allowed to feel those ways and get it out of your system. Um, obviously you had to make some phone calls to let people know. So before it got announced publicly, um, and that's one thing we deal with. It's some things are more public, you know, me, you know, not getting re-signed is going to go public. So I, you know, you want to tell people who are right. in your world before they find out on, uh, on, uh, Twitter or uh -huh. something. <laughs> so, you know, that was the one thing you're worried about is like, let me call my coaches first and you know, my family and, um, my girlfriend and stuff and just make sure that we're, you know, everybody's in the, in the loop. But, um, and then once it, once it was done, it's, you know, you're like going through the what's next, like, what do I want to do? Do I even want to coach? Like, uh, you know, like you just have the little bit of the woe is me. And Which is like fair. It's a process, right? Right. So I think, you know, you go through it and you want to feel it and just be and, and, and be mad at it. Be happy about certain things. Understand where you went wrong and things you wish you would have done. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's it's kind of embracing it and just you're allowed to feel that way. It isn't like, hey, don't show anything. So I did go through that. You know, I'm telling you, I had so many people reach out, um, coaches, friends, just just positives. Right. And and a lot of them saying like, they've been there, done that. Like this is just the nature of the beast. And I'm telling you, it was just such a, it, it does make you feel good. And, and one of those people I reached out right away was Cheryl Reeve, who is now who I'm going to be working under in Minnesota. And she's not only just a coach, but she's obviously a mentor and a good friend. Um, and her conversation wasn't like, Hey, do you want a job? Hers was, 
keep your head up by boom, 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 just a, a real great combo. And like, you're going to be fine. We'll talk again soon. Um, you know, but we'll, you know, so, but it was just those. So I, I know that you've in those moments, and I'm, I'm sure you probably you've had them. Like you realize, man, you have some great relationships yeah. and have a, a network of people, or you've done your job in a way that people respect you where, no, they might not be like, hey, do you need a job? But you have people to lean on and that are willing to be there and just, you know, to talk through it or whatever. So that was also a blessing to to have that support and have people be thinking about you during that time. Um, it just reminds you how lucky you are, um, you know, to have the people in your life that you do. So then your wheels start turning. <laughs> so for me, it started to be, all right. What's the plan? What do you want? Yeah. Like, you know, and I, you know, like I've been playing basketball forever and traveling a lot. And in, in my personal life, you know, I'm, I'm, I partly, I want to, I want a life, you know, I want to share it with somebody and I want to be able to the day to day and, and the coaching and the playing has been tough to have that. So then you're like, huh, this is what I really want to do. Cause part of it felt really good not to have a job at the moment of coaching. Like it felt good not to <laughs> have that hanging over your head. Um, so there was that of like, man, it feels good. Um, but I, I started to kind of think, all right, where do I want to be? Like, what is it that I really want? And part of it is I still want to coach for the, the here and now. I One of my dream jobs would be to be able to coach at Ohio State University, uh, to be the women's basketball coach there. Now, didn't they uh, retire your number a few years they back? Did. They, they did. did. A little while. But um, so I started to be like, all right, so what is it that I really want? And I'm like, that's that's my that's the job. That's my goal. Uh, so, OK, so what is it that I need to do? What's the best kind of move to get there? And Cheryl and, um, you know, Bill Lambert both reached out and had opportunities for me to work with them. And now it's really appreciated. Two people I've actually worked with before still yeah. wanted me to be around, which is a, hopefully a good sign. And, um, you know, I decided to go with Reeve. So that's kind of, I was like, all right, for the here and now, I want to do that. Um, but I did start to meet with other people. I started to brainstorm. I started to try to see what else was out there, like on uh, conference commissioners and, um, as you know, senior women's advisors and other ways to stay involved in other jobs. So I started to brainstorm and meet with people as well to just start getting um, connected and start to learn a little bit more about what's available and maybe what I'd like to do if I ever want to pivot. And that's so I think I'm just in a place where I'm just a little bit more intentional about where is it I want to be? What am I going to do? How do I get there? And um, so it feels good. Um in a, in a weird way, things happen. I really do believe things happen for a reason, even though in the here and now it it might knock you upside your head and you weren't ready and you're like, why did this happen to me? <laughs> and then um, it ultimately ends up and you're like, man, I'm so lucky that honestly, that was the best thing that could happen. So, Well, and I was so, you know, obviously I'm not happy that you had to go through the turmoil, but to your point, a lot of times you go through that turmoil. It, it helps you set foot in another direction that you didn't see coming. And now you're back in a place that, you know, your mm -hmm. career continued to flourish there. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. I have such a fond place in my heart for that organization, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. Mm -hmm. They, you know, I used to always say, and they, and they were known in, in around town as like this family run business owned by the Taylors. And 
they, you know, I will say on a, on a side note, I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, the WNBA had a, um, um, they had an initiative to support breast cancer research. And so yeah. we started, uh, that year to have what we called the blue ribbon committee. And so I of course was on it. And I mean, little did I know then at my, you know, 26 years of age that five years later I would be diagnosed with breast cancer. And so like, I, I, I kid you not, Katie, I feel like I'm going to tear up right now is that I was living on the East coast five years later when I got this diagnosis. And so many people from that office were there Uh to support me whether it were calls, whether it was a few women that had been touched by breast cancer reaching out and talking me through it, whether it was mm-hmm. sending care packages with goofy things. You know, it was, you know, maybe it was because it was a, you know, in our 20s we were young and fun and you know, being in basketball or entertainment wherever it was there at Target Center, we were living lifestyle jobs. And so uh-huh. we all got close, we traveled together. Uh, but they, you know, to this day, they have such a special place in my heart. And so I, um, I'm, you know, I'm excited for you that you're back. I'm excited for them that, that you're back there. Because like I said, from the beginning of this, it's just, you have such good energy and, you know, obviously an incredible work ethic and talent that, you know, they're really lucky to have you. Yeah. And that's, I feel the same way about it. I just, there's a bond and I think, you know, I was my first uh, team in the WBA and like the fans and the connection I have with them, you know, no, we didn't win cha- a championship and we were always kind of middle of the road because the West was so strong, yeah. but like I have the best memories with the fans. I mean, just the interactions after games going out the loading yeah. dock and there's across the street at the bar and waving at you. And I mean, it was like, I just have so many fond memories of both the folks in part of the organization and the fans and I just, and I've also been a, a fan of theirs since I've left. Yeah, like, that's true. we play them, sure, I'd like to beat you, but I, I literally have been like rooting for them. When I see the place packed, when I see them winning and I just, I feel like they've been in it and they, they do it the right way. And just, um, I just think you, you realize through the years and on all of our jobs and places we go, it, there's just, there's great people everywhere and to enjoy and embrace it and, and keep connected. And I just think those connections over, over our lives are the, are the, you know, the key to everything is just having, you know, good people and enjoying when you have time with them. Well, so on that note, I'm hoping that you'll play with me what I call the grateful game. My son and I created it. Now, I mean, I'm sure somebody else plays it with a different title, but I, each night my, my son tries to procrastinate going to bed. And so as I'll, you know, give him a hug and a kiss and say, okay, Kyle, it's time for mom to go. He's like, no, 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 let's talk about this. or let's talk about this. And you know, a a few years ago, we decided to have our own little gratitude practice. And Mm -hmm. so now, because, you know, he's young and wants to compete, we call it the grateful game. So I'm hoping you'll play with me. And here's how we do it. I will give, and I can, I'll start. I will say, you know, give us a minute and I will share as many things I can, as I can think of, but not just what I'm grateful for, but why, whether it's, you know, with, with Kyle, my son, I do it that day of like, okay, what were you grateful for today? And that's kind of my sneaky way of being like, okay, what went on at school today? It also, I think, not that he knows it made him realize that like throughout the day, he's looking for good things to happen. He's actually looking for. Right. <laughs> and, and I love that because like you, like I do believe on focusing on, on positivity 
and letting that fuel me. And so if you are willing to play, I will start out mm-hmm. and, and then we'll talk about what we're grateful for. All right. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So my one minute, I am, you know, of course, I'm grateful for you being here today. I, um, but on that note, I am so grateful that I did take pictures during that time, you know, in the late nineties, late, late, late nineties, because, you know, we didn't have cell phones then and not everything was documented like it was today, but it was so fun for me today to go through those pictures, looking for that time period, and then, you know, sending them to you and made us laugh. Um, you know, it just made, it brought kind of warm fuzzies to me. So I'm grateful for the pictures that I did take, though not a lot. Uh, number two, I am grateful that uh, my neighbor dropped by a bunch of produce for me. She um, is a part of like a CSA and always has a lot of fresh produce. And so it's easier and tastier than me going out um, and getting kind of the same thing at the grocery store. So I'm really grateful for that. I am grateful for, I know it sounds silly, but I'm I'm really grateful for Netflix this week because a lot of the shows I, I watch. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry. I took yours. Um, uh, a lot of the shows I watch are kind of on not not hiatus, but like it's the, it's the off week, and so I really, you know, I told you what show I've been watching a lot now of Shit's Creek. It's, uh-huh. uh, I, you know, I was hesitant because I oftentimes for some reason I'm hesitant uh, when people are like, oh, it's so good, it's so good, and I, you know, I'm like, I question, is it really good? But you know, I have grown to love all those characters; they're hilarious. So, okay, I think I hit over a minute. I've got three, and now I will toss it to you. All right. So I am grateful um, to reconnect. As I said, yeah. I always have fond memories of you and just how bubbly you were. And I, I just, as I said, that time in Minnesota was awesome. I am glad right now with what we're all dealing with, with, um, you know, yeah. coronavirus and kind of being uh, sequestered a little bit as I'm happy my family is is healthy and, and kind of holding tight. Um, I am happy for some good food and a good cook. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to have the means to be able to have a a, a kitchen full of, of stuff. Um, I'm happy uh, and grateful for the internet. Um, so we could (laughs) not only (laughs) FaceTime, do work, watch shows and do everything. Um, I, you know, Hulu, I've been watching parenthood. I binge watched, over the last, I don't know, a month or so, and it's pretty darn good. So Parenthood, if you have need another show, um, it, it sucked me in for a good while. I've heard it's great. Yeah, so I did, I, that was my last kind of binge uh, session, but I, you know, right now I'm just happy for, um, just grateful to be healthy and, and be with, you know, uh, my family right now and just kind of hunker down and uh, do what we can to help everybody else too. All right, well, it looks like you tied me. So what I will say, I mean, and I say this to a, a competitor over there, um, you know, I, I just want everybody to have a good time. And, you know, I am the mom on the sidelines who is like, come on, everybody, let's have fun. You know, and then you've got plenty of people probably rolling their eyes at me. Um, but that's not why, um, you know, I'm, I'm not coach material, I guess. But um, I will tell you on a, on a side kind of funny joke is that um, I did my son plays Little League and mm. there's a little button you press that says, you know, do you want, I thought it said, do you want to volunteer? And I, so I pressed it. I'm like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll help out and volunteer if I can with Little League. And the commissioner 
reached out to me and he's like, Karen, I am so supportive of you. If you want to do this, did you really, did you intend to coach? We always need coaches and we want you to. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I thought I was going to do picture day or help out with this or that. I'm not a coach. Uh, but that being said, I know a good one when I see one and, you know, coach player, you are inducted into the Naismith basketball hall of fame and the women's basketball hall of fame. Was that all in the same year? Yeah, it was in 2018. 2018. Was, wow. Yeah, which was nuts. It's just, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of cherry on top of your career, but not something you really think about when you're in it. So, well, maybe not, but, but, you know, really impressive. And I'm, you know, I'm sure the world's proud of you and I'm sure your parents are proud of you too. And hopefully, like we've all said yourself, you've, you've done a lot of great work in your career and plenty more. So, I thank you so much for taking time to be with us today, you know, sharing your thoughts, sharing your story, sharing your lessons. And it's been so fun to reconnect. So thank you. Uh, This has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Now my parting words. I play the grateful game at the end of each episode, and here's why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. With all that being said, I really want to point out how grateful I am for all the mentors and groups of support I've had in my life. When going through any hardship, I've tapped into them for answers, advice, or even just for someone to listen to me. In today's episode, Katie talked about her professional community and how important it was to have a strong support group at work. I have truly been lucky to have had many wonderful bosses and colleagues who have become close friends. Even years after I left the Timberwolves and Lynx, Disney and ESPN Media Networks, or even Sesame Street Live, I am still connected to so many of my past colleagues. They were pivotal During my time at these places, they help me grow my career, and they also provide meaningful feedback. Now, many have been a part of my cancer journey as well, and there are plenty that continue to support and give feedback with my business, Pretty Wellness, and my book, Happiness Through Hardship. If you're looking for more healthy living tips, please follow me on Instagram at prettywellness or prettywellness.com. These are our platforms about taking small steps towards better health, And if you know someone recently diagnosed with cancer or their caregiver, the book titled the same as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship, is available where books are sold and on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Thank you again for joining us today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the Happiness Through Hardship podcast and tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.